You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of God Stories Radio. This is session 242. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, everyone? It is Thursday night. Yes, it is. Right here. It's a beautiful It's a beautiful Thursday night as well. It did turn out to be a pretty day, didn't it, Mikey? I know kind yeah, of little, woke up to some uh, weather. Yeah, a little rain for a few hours this morning, but uh, right now it's perfect. It absolutely is. And I... Uh, Heard a rumor that you're uh, sipping coffee in your pickup truck down by the lake. I am. Worst things you could be doing. <laughs> <laughs> the sunroof is open. I'm looking at the sky and God's creation as I'm talking. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, what's going on on the other side of the table? Well, I'm just, you know, uh, enjoying the day also. I've been feeling kind of semi-productive, kind of cleaning out cabinets that have desperately been needing uh, some attention for many years. Yeah. I didn't know we owned so many books. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> Good gravy. <laughs> it's like, oh, have I even ever read that? <laughs> I've only had it for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and only 20? Right? Wow. <laughs> Mikey, what's going on in your world, buddy? Well, you know, with the stuff going on around here uh, with this uh, coronavirus thing. I'm just glad to make it through the week. Yes, we just have to be grateful, don't we, Mike? Amen to that. Amen to yep. that. Well, super cool. I've, I've had a pretty good week. You? I've been busy. Uh, you know, the church church life is uh, doesn't slow down for coronavirus. Actually, we're busier than ever and uh, it's just, it's been wonderful. It's just nice to know that uh, people are still getting uh, fed, you know, through our Meals on Wheels and and uh, ministered to by the pastor's updates and the hope for the day. And, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of churches that are doing it. It's wonderful. It really, really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, well, um, any shout outs? Mikey? No, no shout outs. That's all right. No Facebook likes and still at 109 countries. 109, though. It just, 
It feels good yeah. to just say it. It does. I know, huh? Yeah. 109. It's exciting. I mean, you know, it's it's very honoring to know that people have tuned in from that many countries just to listen Speaking to this Speaking of podcast. tuning in, Mr. Jay Calhoun is on Mixler. And uh, thank you, buddy. Uh, got your gift today. Thank you very much. We appreciate you and your wife for supporting GSR in the midst of the COVID and everything. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Keeping us and going. Thank you, buddy. Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Well, wow. so Mike, I, I think you're going to be introducing our yeah, guest Mikey, today. Uh, right? Who do we have? Um, been looking forward to this. Oh, you're going to, you're, you're going to be rocked. That's for sure. Um, and, and the listeners are going to, uh, really get something out of it. I'm sure. Uh, our guest tonight was a guest back on November 1st, 2018. Uh, the session number was 181 and it was titled, uh, identity theft. And I mean, our socks were rocked then but with what God had taken her through the life that she had, uh, been going through basically with and without God. Um, I'm sure you're going to remember Fritz that her husband threw on the railroad tracks. Yep. I sure do. Um, tried to throw her out of a moving car. <laughs> Golly. Really? Um, and she made a statement, uh, you know, and we know being obedient to God and he will take care of the rest. It's such and a powerful statement. It is. It is, you know, and with that, you know, with the stuff that happened to her, you know, up until uh, she came in back in 2018, some of the, you know, one of the good things was that a lot of relationships were restored uh, for her, uh, one of them being her mom from 22 years. That would have been my first question. I can't wait to hear the update. Well, you know, being Facebook friends with her and everything else, I've seen what's been going on for the past uh, 12, 13, 14 months, I've uh, been praying for all that time as well, because when you hear what. Well, I guess we lost him. Oh, wow. Well, um, sorry, guys, that we lost connection with Mike there. But without any further ado, we're going to turn it over to Miss D Sutton. D, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for saying yes. Welcome, Dee. Thank you so much. Thank you, Fritz, Mike, Tina. Thank you so much for having me back again. Um, it's it's such an honor to be back again. <laughs> uh, it's, we're just guys. delighted that you said yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So, yeah, Mike um, was leading up to kind of the point where I gave my testimony in 2018 with you guys. Um, it was the first time I had spoken with such a broad audience and um, I was very nervous to tell so many detailed things about my life. But when I went home and actually listened to it the next day, I cried as if I had never heard that story in my entire life. What I had come to realize after that night was, because I kept asking God at the time, I'm like, why do you want me to give a testimony now? I have so much stuff going on in my life right now. And, you know, people want to hear the positive and everything. And um, my world's a little rough right now. He revealed to me, you know, that I needed to hear my own story. 
because uh-huh. I wasn't seeing so much. I what there was just so much I wasn't seeing through his eyes. I was only seeing it through my eyes. So to hear myself talking, it was as if I was the audience listening to another woman tell her story. And I and, I remember um, your story. It was very powerful, very riveting, and I remember you not knowing where this was going to lead yeah. you. Yeah. And, you know, when you're living in it, you, it's kind of like you're right in the center of it. So you don't see what, what, what you can see if you move back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, it just, it, and I had been leading up to that night. I had seen nothing but Romans eight twenty eight all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I didn't know why. And my word of the year was hope. You know, I was just really thinking that, you know, good things were going to be coming and, and, and they did, but just not the way I would have, you know, <laughs> requested them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, right after that testimony, I mean, immediately my life started to change. So um, I gave my testimony on the 1st and by the 17th, I had relocated to Valrico and severed my toxic relationship that I was in. It was just, uh, I was in a relationship and and, um, I realized after hearing my story, he didn't like me giving my story that that's just, that this wasn't going to work. So that was severed and that was a good thing. And then just days later, my daughter announced um, that she was pregnant with my grandson. Fantastic. And then... And then a few days later, I started that new job that I had set in my last one that I haven't interviewed right. in a couple of days. So that's the job I got. And then I moved and I bought a house and, and all this happened in two months. Wow. So in eight weeks time frame, I had done all this stuff and I was like, oh, this is so good. Thank you, Lord, for just bringing me onto a new path. You know, I've had such a, a, a rocky road to get here, but now, you know, I, I get to, you know, have some just subtle and boring is going to be good to me. And, you know, I was in that place. And then, you know, a couple of months later, my son moved in and it's kind of crazy, but he said, I just have a feeling I'm supposed to move in with you. Now, my boy was set, set, set. Um, and he was not changing his mind on moving to Tennessee. He had a plane ticket. He was supposed to leave the next day, and he had a feeling he was supposed to stay, and he stayed. Uh-huh. So he moved in with me in uh, February. That's a good thing he did. Yeah, because I was just thinking that I was, you know, helping him because he was going to go to school, and he could stay here, you know, no cost and all that. You know, circumstances revealed otherwise. So, so as I was moving forward and, you know, just starting to reacclimate and just learning the role of the new job and, and I bought a fixer upper. So I was like knee deep in repairs, you know, making new friends and I'd already joined a new church. Everything was just going, you know, so good. I mean, problems here and there, but normal, normal life problems. And you know, I went in for um, some normal testing. My, my yearly mammogram, they had found, you know, something that they thought was suspicious that I was told the prior year that it was just a cyst. I went in for all this testing and they ended up doing a biopsy and on uh, April 23rd, so that was just four months, less than four months after my, my all my changes, on the other end of the line, I heard, um, you have breast cancer. 
Wow. So, um, so I'm, you know, in a new environment, new people in my life, new job, new everything. Thought I was moving forward, and then all of a sudden, I get told I have breast cancer. Um, so that was a very, very hard afternoon for me. I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to curl up in a ball and just make time stop. I just wanted to just reality. I wanted it to go away. My, I was supposed to attend a teen night for the first time at my church. I'd started serving and they were having a big teen night. Once I got the news, I decided I wasn't going to go. So the Holy Spirit just kept nudging me and nudging me. And and I kept going, <laughs> I just got bad news. I do not want to go to the beach. You know, everybody's going to be having fun and I'm just going to be crying. And it was, I have to tell you, it was the best thing I ever did. Two hours after I received that diagnosis, I decided to go. Uh, one person did know. One person, the person who drove me um, when I had my biopsy, and they had actually encouraged someone at the church or encouraged me to allow someone at the church to know about it so they could pray. And I assumed they would be praying behind the scenes. Um, this beautiful, beautiful woman who is now one of my close friends prayed over someone she did not know. They, I was nameless. <laughs> um, and they just said, you know, she's here tonight and she just got diagnosed a few hours ago. And just everybody stood in a circle and just prayed and held hands over me, a total stranger pretty much. Um, I wasn't, I, I wasn't acclimated to the church. I wasn't there long enough to, to really consider myself part of the family yet. That was the start of everything. Another woman sat beside me, and again, nobody knew it was me. Um, started telling me her story about her husband dying of cancer a couple of years ago, and I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, lady, if you only knew, please just go away. <laughs> I can't talk to you about this right now. Um, I'm gonna cry." Which is, she ended up turning into my best friend. She was there by my side the whole time. Um, so I had a couple surgeries, um, and they thought that we thought that was it, you know, we, we got it. And then right after that, I found out that I tested positive for two genetic genes that put me in an extremely high risk for cancer, well, about 85% chance of it reoccurring with this genetic gene that I, um, had. So on June 11th, um, only being 48 years old, I, I had to make a big decision and I made the decision to get a double, a total double mastectomy. Um, it's a hard, hard so decision hard. for a woman. Yeah. Very hard for me. Um, I prayed about it. I, I just, um, my life was more important than, uh, my vanity. Amen to that. And, um, you know, I've always yeah, father, been. Father's on, not done with it yet. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've always been a person that my appearance was always so important to me. So I struggled with this, um, but I went in with a positive attitude that if we can just take care of this and and anything that I can do on my part, and the rest is all you, God. And if this is something I can do to help prevent recurrence or anything else, then I'm going to have to do this. Um, 
so I did all that. And then on June 14th, um, and, and through this, I was going through so many emotions. I mean, it was a roller coaster. By now, I had um, three surgeries. So um, it was just, I, I thought I was done. Um, you know, I was up, I was down. For the most part, I was pretty up, um, considering I was trying to use my experience as a testimony the whole walk through to help other people um, that may be going through weather cancer or something else to know right. that there is hope even when you can't see it or feel it. Um, you know, there's hope and it's Jesus. And um, so I thought everything was good. I get that good call on the 14th of June, so three days later. And um, they said, you know, it was a clean pathology report. Um, they, they thought everything looked good. Um, and, you know, the funny thing about that is, is I was terrified. And then in the car on the way to work, not, not long before the surgery, I just heard God whisper to me, you are clean. And I'm like, huh. Because I would never use that terminology. I would say, I'm cancer-free, I'm healed. Um, you know, I would never say to myself, I'm clean. Because at first I thought, well, did I tell myself that? And it, I did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not tell myself that. So when the doctor called and said, you have a clean report, I knew that was God telling me not to worry. It's going to be okay. Um but still, I was like, but God, I just don't understand why you're taking me through this path. And, and But God seemed to be my um, repeated start of all my prayers. But God. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I saw you know, your faith through that. I saw your faith through that whole thing. Phenomenal. Thank you. Um, it was just, I kept myself, I, I and I call it my bubble, my Jesus bubble. I just kind of kept myself in a Jesus bubble. Um, of course, I was on um, medical leave. And so I stayed home and I did nothing with my day all day but write and read the Bible and pray and praise. And I just didn't let any outside distractions get in my way. Um, I limited phone calls Um texting any kind of outside negativity that I thought might come in and hinder my healing or my attitude or um, my hope, <laughs> um, I, I kind of blocked it out and um, knew I had to get, get through all that. So, you know, I just kept thinking, you know, that I kept hearing, you know, the voice of Paul, I him saying, I have to die daily. And, um, you know, I finally understood what that meant, that every single day I had to die of myself to under, to try to not understand, but just to know and trust that God had a plan for whatever it was he was allowing to happen. So he didn't give me cancer, but cancer came knocking on my door and he allowed it. So he must have a plan for it. Um, so I told myself that a lot. I journaled a lot. I've Ugh, so many journals from this last season. Um, but all I kept hearing him say is, you know, this is my battle. This is my battle. You just leave it up to me. This is my battle. I'm positioning you right now. And so I just kept journaling, kept plugging along. And in my mind, I'm like, what kind of journey is this? You know, cancer? I, I don't understand. Um, but God. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, 
you know, it wasn't long after that, that, um, I ended up getting from the beginning, I pretty much had a horrible infection and, um, I was on, uh, two months of antibiotics. I was infusing myself at home. Um, I couldn't go anywhere, you know, of course, cause I had an IV and I'm giving myself antibiotics throughout the day. And after the surgery I had, um, <laughs> because of my genetics, they said that the next place that I'm at very high risk for of cancer was ovarian cancer. Again, it was a very, very high percentage, like in the 70s, um, at the age of 50. And um, I was 48. So, and again, it wasn't like a prediction, but it was a statistically shown blah, blah, blah. So, um, I had a total hysterectomy. Wow. Mm. So I was back in the hospital again and for another huge surgery. Um, that that one, mentally, I was okay with. I've, my children are grown. I have a grandbaby. You know, mentally, I was okay with that one. That was a preventative measure, but it was still such a huge surgery to um, overcome. And then five days later, I was back in the hospital um, with the infection that I had had the entire time, is which is why I was healing so slowly. Um, that they found out that I had the, the antibiotics and everything just weren't cutting it, so they had to go back in and again and kind of clean out some stuff. And um, so I, again, I was like surgery after surgery after surgery. Some of them days apart. Mm. Um, so it was a very trying time for me. I was very tired. Um, I was mentally tired. I was physically tired. And, and some days I was just spiritually tired where I just had to say, Holy Spirit, you need to jump in and intervene for me because mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't understand. I just don't understand why all this is happening to me. I have been trying to do what you wanted me to do. I, I've severed relationships. I've mended relationships. I've moved. I've I'm serving in church. I'm I'm doing everything that I think you want me to be doing right now. I don't understand. And I had to come to realize, you know, first of all, it's not a a form of punishment. Whatever he was allowing to happen had to have some big purpose behind it. And that was really my only motivator Mm -hmm. was that God would never let me go through this unless there was something he was going to use from it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and, and in the midst of all that, I did. I had actually let me go back a little bit when I first moved here um again I I didn't know anybody so for me to pick this place was totally a god thing and that's another whole story uh he showed me where to come he showed me what church to go to and I I had never even um heard of this place before I visited it um when I first gave my testimony um in 18 so um I was on my knees one night just praying and just asking God to just, you know, restore all the brokenness that's been in my life and all the relationships and just show me what love is because I don't honestly think I really know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as a grown woman sitting on the floor, just in tears, begging God to show you love, um, I was like, what is wrong with you? I mean, everybody knows what love is. But I really didn't. After going through everything I went through and feeling the love of of God, 
um, he showed me through everything I went through his love. He showed me through his affirmations. He showed me through so much provision. He showed me through hundreds, I would almost say a thousand people that were praying for me. I had churches everywhere praying over me. I had checks coming in from people I didn't know. Um, I gave my testimony on um, Facebook and uh, like 1,500 people followed it. And um, all I was trying to do initially was tell my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I just kind of heard him say, I want you to be open and honest and be very transparent with this walk. Mm-hmm. And that, that was right after my diagnosis. So I was like, open and honest. Okay. So um, I pretty much, with, uh, instead of giving my testimony after everything was said and done, I gave my testimony as it was occurring. So you, you got me raw and real. Like if mm-hmm. I was in tears, you got tears. If I was celebrating a victory, you got victory. Um, that was my walk as he was showing me love and he was showing me humility. He was showing me, um, dependence on him, but he was also taking control away from me. Um, I couldn't control anything anymore. Nothing was up to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, doctors, have uh-huh. my day, my days consisted of, of everybody else controlling my life, but me, you know, doctor's appointments and blood drives and scans and, surgeries and medications and anesthesia and everything people were bringing me meals because I mean I was just so fatigued and sick I mean I had no control like I I wasn't used to that I've always had control over everything um so he kind of stripped me of that but he never left me he kept saying I'm gonna take care of you I'm gonna take care of you and he did I never went hungry a bill never went unpaid. I was never alone. And um, he showed me his love through that whole process. Um, I, I Sometimes when I was crying, I was crying not because of everything I was going through, but because of the love that I, I had never felt before. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, it was overwhelming is the word I would pick. It was just so overwhelming to feel the abundance of God's love over me. It's like it, you know, I'm envisioning as you're speaking about it and I'm just thinking about, you know, we get so much of things that are empty in this world. And then when God comes and fills you up, it's like, yeah, he fills you all the way up to the top and overflowing. Yes. Yes. Oh, he definitely did. Cause in the middle of all my chaos, I felt such peace. Mm-hmm. Now, not not every single day, but for the most part, yes, there were points that I was pretty much, you know, I, you know, you, by by then I think I was up to six surgeries, so I was tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, you know, I was just at that point where I'm like, Lord, can we be done now? Can we be done? And then, um, you know. It, it, I, I mean, he took care of everything. I was just so amazed. I, I didn't have a financial burden. I had, um, in the midst of all that, when, when I had, had gotten a little bit more energy, I ended up joining to be a mentor for King Tony Cancer Foundation. So I now mentor um, other women going through breast cancer. Oh, that's exciting. Um, 
Yes. And I have probably met on this journey, um, probably six new friends that mm-hmm. are currently going through it right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I talk to them very frequently and I, I understand where they're at and I understand what they're going through and I understand the emotions, um, and the whirlwind and the loss of control, but I also understand what they're feeling as far as, um, there's such a change that comes about you. There's a warrior mode that comes out of you Mm -hmm. that you, you go into fight mode. And, um, that's what came out of me is I just went into warrior mode is I am not giving up. If God's not going to give up on me, I can't give up on me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I try now just to encourage and, and I've done so much research and then just with me being a nurse as well, going through it and just explaining things to people and just telling them their options because you don't always get that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, telling them to get that second opinion, telling them that if something's wrong in your gut, go demand a test, go, you know, um, because that's, something that I think a lot of us just take we just take it that whatever they say is true always and you know it doesn't always go that way so I've kind of taken that road um I have given a couple other testimonies I gave a um um, testimony for my church had asked me for Christmas for our Christmas series if I would give a testimony um and I did and um you know, I was so grateful and just so thankful that God had pulled me through that. And, and my church family had, was just there with me the whole way. And, um, I mean, they became my family. Um, they're, they're not just a church, you know, that I see on Sunday, they are my family. Um, but then after I gave my testimony, it wasn't even a month later that, um, I got a call that I had a tumor in my pancreas. Oh my goodness. So, um, we were, you know, back to the drawing board again. And I'm like, again, this was my breaking point. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. but God, uh, once again, why I, I don't understand. I have done everything you've asked me to do. I walked the walk. You said this was your battle. We got through the victory. I have scars. I have loss. I have, but you've shown me love. I, I don't understand. What what else? I, I don't understand. And all I heard was, you are clean. And I'm like, well, how can I be clean if I have a tumor in my pancreas? And what's the first thing you think of is when you hear pancreatic cancer? That's usually not a good. No. Usually not, no, not a good either. report. Not the best of them. That's for sure. No. no. So I'm thinking in my head, I have weeks. And I'm like, is that why he was pushing me to get everything ready? Is that why everything had to be in order? Is that why? And then I was like, no, get out of that mind frame, D. Get out of that mm-hmm. mind frame. You cannot stay there. He is nope. not going to bring me through all this just to take me through no. four weeks and then make me go through it again. So, um, I found a wonderful, amazing surgeon. My my whole team is is just amazing. I have like nine total doctors and surgeons, and they are all so amazing. Um, they all went out of their way to make sure that I had the best care and the best research for my genetics. 
Um, they, they had a genetic counselor on board. Um, they held meetings of, and they would all get together. What's the best option for her? She can't do radiation. She can't do chemo. What do we do for her? Um, so I was like one of those kind of rare cases that, um, I wasn't just somebody coming in for a treatment. I, and, and nobody is, everybody is unique and special, but I, I, I took a little, I was a little bit challenging. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, you know, once I found out that I had a tumor in my pancreas, well, you know, here I am, I'd already done my breast cancer parade, you know, my first breast cancer walk celebrating. And, um, I gave my testimony at church and then I'm like, I just sat there and told them I'm cancer free. And then here I am with cancer again in a totally different place. How is that proving faith? And I'm questioning God at this point. I'm like, how is that, 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 I'm so faithful and I'm giving you all the glory. And then along comes cancer again. I don't understand. Please help me to understand this so that I can get through this. And um, so anyway, I went for another surgery. Um, that was my final surgery. All, all said and done, um, I had, I've had seven surgeries. Uh, within eight months. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, yep. it's a number of completion. Uh, yes. You know what? And that is something I was going to say, actually. And um, I went in there. They got it. Um, I'm still being tested and still doing scans, and I'll be doing that forever. But um, I came out of it with more of a mindset of, you know what? Just the, none of the scans picked it up. None of the scans, the CT, the MRI, none of them picked up this tumor. But there was something in my gut that said, call a doctor and ask for a test, a specific test that would check my pancreas. And so I did. And they're like, why are you having symptoms? And I said, no. And I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but it's just a gut feeling. I just feel like I'm supposed to call you and ask for this test. And, um, it still was very inconclusive. So they sent it off to Moffitt and it did come back as a, um, stage one tumor that was caught early enough to prevent, uh, the pancreatic cancer that most people think about. Wow. Wow. So we caught it so fast. They said we caught it so fast that it was didn't even appear on the scans yet. That's amazing. So, Dee. Again, I just know that that was the Holy Spirit guiding me yeah. and mm-hmm. saying, you know, there's still something in you and we need to get it out. Um, because I was like, why again? Why are we doing this again? And when I changed my mindset to, thank you, Lord, for putting that in me because now we can get that out of me. Thank mm-hmm. you for telling me and guiding me and and giving me, you know, your voice to, to in, in your direction because I would have never known. I would have never thought, not in my wildest dreams would I have ever. And the timing, ever. and the timing too, Dee, because if this had happened later on, how difficult would treatment have gotten? Yeah, for and you? it's typically that's what happens. It, it, yeah. The people find out too late because they're not symptomatic. And then by the time, you know, they right. present or have a test, then it's too late. But just in that's the world exactly right, right now. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, I agree. Just in this place in the world right now. That, that's, and that's exactly what happened. So now, as I look back at everything that happened, I'm so grateful. 
I'm so grateful because I may not be sitting here right now if it weren't for that surgery. Mm. So, um, you know, and because of my genetics, they keep a close tab on me. I'm like testing all the time. I mean, I have blood drawn today and, you know, they're constantly testing me because of my genetics. It's almost pushed, it, it sets me back as far as earthly DNA goes. But I just have to keep praying that I have my father's DNA and his DNA Amen. is perfect. Amen. And just because I have two broken genes and they say this is my risk and yes, I've been through it and yes, I've walked the walk, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen again. But now it means that I'm going to be very cautious. I'm going to, they're going to, I'm going to be sur- you know, under surveillance for the rest of my life. Um, which most people don't go get all these tests all the time. I will be. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll be very, um, I don't want I don't know the word for it, but I, I'll be very, um, watch very closely. Yeah, exactly. Very, I'm very cognitive now, um, of a lot of things, a lot more things than I was before. I just, I just always was healthy. I was never sick. And then all of a sudden this year came and I'm like, what the heck? You know, I've never even been sick. So um, this was a hard year for me. And it was a hard, it was a year of, you know, just giving up that control and, and just learning to depend on other people. Um, rides. I mean, just as things like I didn't drive for a few months and um, I couldn't use my arm. I couldn't wash my hair. I couldn't, I mean, things that we take for granted. Mm-hmm. I uh, no longer do. And um, I mean, I had people from the church coming over and helping me wash my hair and and just clean my house and bring me food and and, and for my son, too. Right. And Your amazing just, son, um, Dylan. Yes. He was my champion of champions. He, um, he grew a lot during this year. Oh, yeah. Um, he grew by leaps and bounds. He, um, wow, <laughs> that's another whole story. He has become, you know, quite the man. He, um, I think he saw a few months in how, how much of a struggle it really was. I think he was scared. Um, and we all react, react differently when we're fearful of something. We either draw away, we draw close, we, you know, lash out or we, you know, draw inward and, um, I think he struggled with it at first. So after that, he was like, we were inseparable. He was going to as many doctor's appointments as he could. And, you know, every surgery, he ended up working, but he'd come over every half hour and see me. And um, so he grew a lot. He grew a lot more responsible, a lot more compassionate. Um, uh, he started seeing me pray a lot more. He started allowing me to pray with him um so his heart opened up a little bit more to um the circumstances that I was going through and and my need for God and um so that really just I think planted a seed that I that I just pray will continue to grow in him Mm -hmm. amen to that wow yeah you've been through so much but you know what keeps speaking to me is that um, you had this vision of identity, your own self-identity, and Christ yeah. completely rebuilt that identity. He did. And he did. Looking at you now compared to even just the last time you gave your testimony, it's 
it's so amazing and apparent to see what he's done in your life. Yeah, what were we talking about today about how God uses crisis to <clears throat> force us to make choices? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. so true. It likens, you know, when you get fired from a job and then you go back and thank them for firing you because, you know, you go out and start a business and then you, right? <laughs> you, it's right. amazing. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And I mean, in through all this, I mean, there's, I am now um, uh, working, I don't know if you know what Compel is, but it's Lisa Turquist and her, uh, she has a compelled training program right now that I'm going through because I decided that now is the time to write this book. Oh, nice. That um, has been in my head since 2015. So I've been working on that. I'm also um, taking courses right now to be a life coach. And um, so I'm just adding all that together with ways that I can help other people. And I really don't think that I would have been pushed to do it like I'm doing it now, had I not been through everything I just went through. I'm just realizing that every single second that you're given is just such a blessing. And you think you have everything planned out that you can wake up tomorrow and get that diagnosis, or you can wake up tomorrow and, you know, be in a bad situation and you just don't know. And going through that year made me just, the things that used to stress me I, I don't let them bother me anymore. The things that I used to get all, you know, balled up about, they, I just can't, I just brush it off. And I'm like, no way. After the year I've had, that is not going to bother me. Those little things do not bother me anymore. And all the restoration um, that he's brought to your family and so forth. I mean, that's a beautiful yeah. story as well. Um, I Amen. have. Also, because I know last time I mentioned my dad, and I think that's one of the pieces I ended with that um, I was still working on. I have since went and visited my dad um, three times since then. Praise uh, I, uh I got it in me during one of my medical leaves. Um, I still couldn't drive and I was still healing, but my son happened to, his car broke down. Um, or had something broke on it. And so we had to drive to Claremont um, so his dad could fix it. And I rode along with him. And on the way there, I said, we're going to go see Gramps. Mm-hmm. And the look on his face was like, what? And I said, yep, God said it's time to go see. It's time to go see my dad. And so um, he went with me the first time. And uh we just knocked on the door and showed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't going to give him the option to turn me away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it went well. We ended up having lunch with him. And, um, you know, I visited a couple more times. And um, I have a piece about that. Um, you know, because we didn't talk for two years. He had disowned me. He, um, you know, said, I don't ever want you in my life again. And then I just said, no. No, no, I'm, I'm in a restoration phase right now. And this is part of it. And I am no longer going to let Satan tell me what can and can't happen in my family. God is saying it can be restored. So if it takes me stepping out, I'm going to step out. I'm going to take that first step. And here we go. And if, if it's God's will, which it is, then he will make it all work out. And he opened the door and let me in. Well, how apropos that we end on that note. I know, right? 
because yes. that's the what way she ended her statement. first testimony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, that that is just amazing. Dee, thank you so much for uh, coming back and giving us part two. That's uh, it was just as riveting thank as the first. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And Always. Dee, you have an open invitation if you want to come back in a year's time or so and give a further update. <laughs> yeah, it kind, it kind know? of sounds like you got catapulted to, into your destiny. So we yes. want to keep up with you and figure out what you're doing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to. That's Fantastic. awesome. Thank you. Listen, if you have a testimony, <laughs> we'd love to have you drop us a line at godstoriesradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can, uh, like us on Facebook. What else can they do, Mikey? Uh, maybe Mikey's not there, but Mikey would say you can tweet us. You can tweet us on the Twitter and, uh, just keep up with us. And you can call in just like D uh, did. And then we had a call in from, uh, Texas mm -hmm. and we just love it. We just love it. And, uh, the word will not return void. And it's great to have folks that, uh, that are willing to do it and that we could just bless people in the midst of all this uncertainty. And just a special thank you to everybody that has been financially contributing to God stories radio. Yes. Thank you. My goodness. Thank you so much. Like I, I don't even have appropriate words to say thank you, but we are so touched and moved that you care enough about the ministry to see it continually move forward, especially in these trying times. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. Check us out at godstoriesradio.com. You can go there, and then if you feel uh, the nudge to push the button, we greatly appreciate it. You can get to all the podcasts there, also on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. There's a number of platforms you can get us, and we just praise the Lord for that because uh, our only agenda has been since we started to bring hope and comfort. And encouragement to the world, uh, especially during these uncertain times, it's great that we can we can do that. And we thank you for your prayers and your support that keep us going through these hard times. So with that being said, that about wraps it up for session 242. I'm Fritz. And I'm not Mike, but I'm Tina. God bless. God bless you. <laughs> 